This is KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. All right, guys, welcome in preseason game number one for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to end in a loss, 26-24. The Saints coming away with a win. Of course, the Chiefs on the road down in New Orleans. they got two more chances to do it before they kick off the season at home. Thursday night football hosting the Lions. Welcome into the studio, Kansas City Sports Network. we got a lot to talk about, a stacked show for you here. Coming in just a few minutes, of course, we're going to talk about the offensive line, things changing around there. The wide receiver room, we got to see them show off on the field a little bit today. And, of course, the fact that you need to calm down because it's preseason, okay? Pour yourself a good old drink of uh, Ben Holiday bourbon right there and calm down relax and we'll be back with you after the break to talk a little bit more about how the chiefs ended up losing in this two-point game in new orleans we'll be with you here shortly All right, guys, welcome back into the studio. Haley Lewis now joined by Kent Swanson. Let's be a man of our word, right? Or a woman of our word. <laughs> pour, the, pour the drink. Mm-hmm. Have a little uh, chillax right here. <laughs> nice and spicy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the Chiefs lose by two points. It's disappointing how it happened. Uh, the way that they fumble on the two-point conversion, or excuse me, the two-point conversion is a fumble by the Saints. The Chiefs think that they're going to lock this in, and then a field goal after the Chiefs are able to turn it over. Not the funnest way to end this one. It wasn't great how it started either, but can't give me your biggest takeaways from the Chiefs' first preseason game, probably the first being calm down. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was fun to see everybody back. You know, obviously, I think it kind of you know, the vibe kind of died a little bit because the, the first team didn't play right. particularly well. But I agree with you, Haley. Like, it's time to just just pump the brakes a little bit here. Yeah. I see some people making some instant reactions, some of them tongue in cheek for sure. Not everyone, though. There were some <laughs> sweeping decorations ready to be made that actually sounded kind of serious. And I don't think this is the right proper setting to be making too sure. many big assumptions right now, because, I mean, let's let's be honest using some plays from 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Blake Bell quarterback sneaks necessarily really? going to be in play <laughs> this year. Uh, they've probably, they probably like wasted all the resources for that one. I sure. think there was definitely a lot of uh, interesting things we saw. I think the most interesting though, being on Twitter, you know, people saying <laughs> that it's a Super Bowl hangover. Sorry, Twitter? What is Twitter? Yes, tw- what is Twitter? Uh, X? Sorry. X? X. Oh, yeah. Hmm. No, Not but- to be confused with the sign you pass <laughs> on your way outside of St. Louis, but this is just <laughs> the PG version of X. Uh, saying, you know, the Chiefs are hungover. They're they're just, you know, too content with being winners, blah, 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 blah. You see Patrick Mahomes' opening drive does not end in a scoring, you know, touchdown, but it's like, relax. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is a dress rehearsal. They've got two more to go through. They'll be back here opening or finishing off with the Browns at the, at Arrowhead, which will change a lot of things, hopefully calm people down a little bit, but this was just more for people to get out there, Mm -hmm. uh, play against another team that is not your own teammate and be able to hit someone else. That's not someone that you see in camp the entire time they've been up in St. Joe. So I think the biggest message is yes, does it matter? Sure. In some ways, but also it doesn't. Let's calm down. We, we got to see a really good showing, especially in the second half, I think. Yeah, I, and it was fun to see the, the team kind of respond and some of the younger guys kind of start making some plays. And I'm sure we'll get into some of sure. those a little bit. But, I, you know, I think I, there's some people, like two things. People are saying the defense didn't look great. You're right, they didn't look great. Well, two things. They didn't have Chris Jones. Uh, that matters Which a kind of, I think we, it, it might matter a little bit to have one of the best defensive Possibly. players in football uh, actually on the field. Second all, schematically, I mean, real soft 
coverage, real soft cover to spot dropping, big depths, keeping everything in front of you. Just, I mean, there was a lot of open passing lanes with what they were doing anyway, as it was. So like, I mean, yeah, the defense probably doesn't look as good without Chris Jones. It turns out, uh, but also like schematically, they're just, I mean, I, I saw a lot of stuff that was like, it was just very basic, yeah. soft coverage. Sure. They're just, again, it's, it, it's kind of like that. It's just that getting those reps and mm-hmm. getting that feel and kind of getting back into the swing of things. It's good to go through the motions a little bit rather than just, hey, we're they didn't game plan at all for this. Game. No, no. And they got their feet wet and that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about the defense mm-hmm. later, what Coach Bags had to say about it and everything. But a big part of it, I think, Kent, is the offensive line. A few missing pieces on it this season, right? You're going to have to move some things around. We all know that head coach Andy Reid loves a very versatile mm-hmm. offensive line. So the tackle was a huge point of emphasis. They brought in a potential tackle slash guard this past offseason, Juwan Taylor kind of bring a little bit more uh, understanding to why that's such a focal point in the preseason. Well, I mean, this is the chiefs are wholesale making changes to their tackle position. The Mm -hmm. right and left tackle are now different. You see Donovan Smith starting on the left tackle position. Someone they signed right after the draft. You got Jawan Taylor main in the right tackle position. There was rumors throughout the, you know, the the off season. Oh, he's going to play left tackle for Mm -hmm. him. You know, I think that might, I think we kind of learned it might wind up being, being just like a draft, you know, rumor to try to help you know keep their interest away from some guys that that doesn't matter sure, here. Sure. But, but it all panned out the way it did it, right? yeah it panned out the way it did in like i i what limited sample size we saw at the tackles i was very impressed yeah i think donovan smith put together a very solid performance um on impact game like he 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 had some guys kind of kind of locked up over there and i thought Jawan taylor showed all those movement skills that you you get excited about the reasons that you know, he was so intriguing. Yeah, a good veteran player too. Athletic, good movement. Mm-hmm. You know, good in this pass protection. I think he did some good things getting out in space a little bit a couple times. But um, yeah, I was I was really impressed uh, with what the tackles did in their first showing. And let's continue to talk a little bit also about the wide receiver core and the competition that was going to happen there. There are two wide receivers who had beautiful touchdowns uh, by two different quarterbacks. We can get into that later. But that's going to be a point of emphasis, especially down the stretch and also as we go from 90 to 53. And obviously it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be tough to get a good representative sample of the whole wide receiver group Mm -hmm. when it comes to the fact that Patrick Mahomes only played one possession, right? And I don't know if he completed a pass to anybody other than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but it was so good to see a lot of young guys that are in the competition, in the mix, in the conversation for this roster, doing good things. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there was was a couple of receivers that made some big plays. Um, I really liked what we saw out of the young receivers. Okay. I think it was it was very impressive, a great start. And it's what you hope for. Mm-hmm. You know, you're hoping to see, you know, some of these guys rise to the top. And Justin Ross, Rashi Rice showed some really positive moments. And then some of the younger guys, other guys like, you know, Rico, Nico Remigio and Kakoa Crawford. You nailed it. I did it. I'm proud Got of you. It. Yeah, I've been working on I'm it. glad you said it. I've had, I've had a, I've had a few <laughs> months advance on, on that name pronunciation, but. Those are, yeah, I think just seeing all the young guys step up the way they did was really, really impressive. And I think we're going to see more of it as we continue on. It's going to be things that we're going to look forward to. But right now, probably going to dive in a little deeper on some more topics, have some more people join us to get a little more analytical on those points. We will probably be back with you guys here after this next break to bring in two more team members of the KCSN and talk a little bit more in depth about those things we were just hitting on. All right, guys, welcome back in. Like I said, we're going to have another team member jump in. Let's bring in Craig Stout, who, uh, look at him, ready to go. (laughs) 
a model. Just as angry as the rest of you. I mean, we're (laughs) furious, right? Preseason week one, they lost at the end. Just furious. Absolutely furious. It's it's, it's just more irritating how it went down, though, Craig. I feel like the way that everything, you know, fizzled down there in the final two minutes, we were changing the graphic here, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) Win to loss, win to loss. I mean, in your own terms, what did you see out of this one? I mean, I, I, I saw a first team that looked very vanilla, a little bit rusty, uh, especially first team defensive backs looked a little bit rusty. But when the twos came in versus the Saints twos, mm-hmm. I felt pretty good about the way that things matched up. Uh, young players stepping up, getting a lot of good reps for some of these guys that coming out of the draft. We had said, hey, they need reps. They need time. This was a perfect example of how you get them time. I feel like the coaching staff did a really good job getting this this group that just kind of needs time and opportunity all the time and the opportunity that they could get. And I like the way that a lot of them played. So, I mean, that's really the best part that comes of this and the fact that maybe barring a Nick Jones injury, they escaped relatively healthy. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part of the preseason is testing things out, Mm -hmm. getting to see what you see on the field. And this is for the coaches. It's not really for the fans. And I think that's a a big point of emphasis for for people who are following along is realizing, hey, there's no rhyme or reason to what you're seeing. This is for the coaching staff to figure out who that they need to put on that field and in what order and in what system to to work when, when, you know, the regular season comes around. And and Craig, you made a – I wanted to talk to you about something that you just brought up. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's quite interesting. Um. You know, we talked about some of these young guys, and I, I joked, I think they might have the best, they might have an elite practice squad when it's all said and done. Like this, like some of the guys that showed up, you know, some of these young de- defensive backs have been pushing on some of the guys from the past, right? Relative to the past. These rookies from last season, these second year players in the secondary for the Chiefs, very heavily used. What did you think of the performance of the first half or, or the first team defensive backs? What was your what was your thoughts on those guys? Boy, I expected a lot more out of the safety play, if I'm being honest. Justin Reed struggled yeah. a lot to cover, specifically Jawan Johnson. Gave, gave him some fits there. Uh, Brian Cook seemed like he got a, a little bit sucked up at times there. They did seem like they were trying a little bit. They weren't necessarily pressing with their DBs or anything in their corners, but they did seem like they were trying a few more things. We got to see Trent McDuffie kind of bail out while Justin Reed buzzed to the flat on a couple of occasions. There were some things that they were definitely trying, but it wasn't the quality that I think all of us expected there. As we're going through this entire offseason, looking at this defensive line, I think, myself included, I definitely looked at this and said, hey, at least the defensive back room is playing well. At (laughs) least that is going to be something that they can lean on as a strength with a lot of these second-year guys, with Justin Mm -hmm. Reed, the second year in this system. And by and large, I didn't really love a lot of what I saw from the first team defense. It's not time to hit the panic button or anything like that, but that was kind of one of the things that you swept some of the defensive line talk under the rug a little bit because the defensive backs were supposed to be so good. I think that's a really good point. We weren't talking about the defensive line, which has been the storyline going into this entire season. What's the depth going to look like? Who's going to fill in for Chris Jones inevitably? If he's not there, who's going to be there? Uh, we look at Derek Nottie, mm-hmm. who showed up ready, <laughs> ready to go. The man was uh, he looked a little bigger, he looked stout. He looked, he looked a little, <laughs> little, he looked like he he put a little something on. Yeah, he ate the Big Mac sacks, you know. And he, uh, <laughs> But he was agile. He was moving and he was doing a great job to fill in for Chris Jones. But to your point, talking about the second year for a lot of these players in the secondary who are extremely young, they're also playing in one of the deepest playbooks that a lot of players say every time they come into this defense, this is one of the hardest defensive schemes to learn under Coach Spags. 
I really did expect it to move a little smoother. And also, I'm sorry, I got to say it. The numbers are throwing me off. I don't know who's who. <laughs> I, I think Thornhill's still out there, and yeah. I know he's gone. Shout it's out Juan Thornhill. Yeah, Juan Thornhill gave up that touchdown. Basically. Uh, yeah, we, we're not Trent. putting that one on Trent McDonough. We're not no. putting that okay. one on Trent McDonough. Also, Colquitt was back out there. Yeah. You know, he's 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 playing he's playing corner now. I have no idea who anyone is, <laughs> and it's stressing me out. <laughs> That's it's all good. We'll get there. It, it's preseason yeah. for all of us. It is. It is. And now the cut's different this year. So that's another big part. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it's not going to dwindle away. It's just going to be on August 29th. It will get everybody you, goes bye bye in the car. Well, it'll give you more opportunities to learn the numbers of players that probably aren't so making he, the 53-man roster. You believe in me? I got you. I, I think yeah, a couple more reps. We'll just be we'll be just fine. Craig, you know, we just got done talking about some of these young guys on the defensive in the defensive backfield. I would love to know. What you thought about Felix Anudike Uzama, the yeah. first round pick for the Chiefs? What were your thoughts on, you know, his early his early showing? Well, first of all, I love how many reps he got. Like yeah. that—that's exactly what that guy needs. I, I think he just needs to get adjusted to the physicality of the NFL game, to get adjusted to the speed of the NFL game. And I thought he acquitted himself really well. Uh, he looks like he's filled out a little more th- from his time at Kansas State. That's a very positive thing. Mm-hmm. He really showcased his speed his, up the mm-hmm. arc. He showcased his bend to turn the corner several times. He was a problem for the backup offensive tackles for the New Orleans Saints. Still needs a little bit of work with his hands. You can see that it's coming along a little bit nicer. But once he puts that all together, I think we're going to see a major contribution from him. He was problematic all basically every quarter. You know, he got to run a little bit with the first team, extended all the way into the fourth quarter there. I think uh, probably his biggest impact that he made was actually forcing an inaccurate throw uh, by the quarterback there on the pick that uh, that Halisi had. Did a really good job on an inside move to get underneath there. Yeah, I really liked what I saw. Just the effort, the motor, the ability to keep it going all four quarters. That is a very positive thing. And you can see him learning and trying and really adapting to the NFL game pretty well. This is about as good of a start for Felix Anaduke Ozama as you could expect because he really truly was showing up, flashing routinely, and got a ton of reps to get the game under his belt. Yeah, I agree with you, Craig. I think that was a huge key uh, to this game and especially to his hopefully longevity of being a good (laughs) player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's bring in Tucker. Uh, We got some some highlights and some some things to focus on. Good things. So I've been scanning the Twitter or the X, as we've established already. (laughs) I don't Uh, know. It sounds so... It's it's tough. It's a tough sell, truthfully. Um, This tweet is from Adam Teicher. I believe that these are snap counts uh, from defensive linemen. As you guys were talking about the defensive linemen, I wanted to bring up some of these snap counts. Uh, Felix Anudike Uzoma led the way with 33 snaps. Nice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Malik Herring with 30. Uh, Williams with 30, Kando with 20, Daniel Wise 19, Danny Shelton 19, BJ Thompson 19, Charles Minnie who had 16, Karloff to 16, Dickerson 15, Keandre Coburn 15, Derek Nottie 14, Truman Jones 14, and Hoskins 12. Mm. Um, so Felix. those are your Felix. snap counts. Okay, Iron Man. you baby. I mean, it makes sense. I'm I, in on it. I love it. Like, and we talked a little bit about this, you know, last year. You know, George Car- or about last year, George Karloff has got thrown into the fire right. very early in a big way. You know, he had to play a lot of snaps from Jump Street. Sure. That doesn't t- typically fit the comfort zone of Steve Spagnolo and his, you know, preferential <laughs> timeline for rookies, right? Well, I, you know, who knows? They might have to throw, you know, FAU into the mix a little bit quicker just because of the Charles Minihue suspension. Mm-hmm. And what better way to just get him a ton of reps right. 
early on in in this you know postseason. So leading the defensive line and snaps, I think, is great for him. And just continue to, you know, he did some good things. Like you know, he was, you know, turning the arc. You know, he had a little, a little hard time staying on his feet a couple of times, but he was right there. He was mm-hmm. right there, close, and he still was making mm-hmm. a plays, even though he's pretty much on the ground at the point he got to the con- quarterback. But I, I still really like what we saw. Yeah, and I think a big thing that we need to remember is just the speed of the game for mm-hmm. these kids who are go- kids. We are reporting on infants. Like, let's well, not forget yeah. that these are children. <laughs> and the fact that he was from the college game up into the professional level, just the speed alone, mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to hold his own the way in which he did. I love that Tucker brought up the snap count. That's also a really big point to focus on when you're looking at what he could potentially do for this team mm-hmm. one day. I also think you saw George Karloftis last year under Frank Clark. Frank was the one who was mm-hmm. with him almost every single day up in St. Joe after practice, almost to the point where he said he was annoyed by the kid that he wouldn't <laughs> stop showing him the new little things that he learned. And now George can be that kind of kid who's a sponge and help another guy coming right out of college learn about the game. So trial by error and also just like, you know, plunge in there. Keep getting work. You know, it does seem Best like do they have the right kind of guys in that locker room. I think so too. Uh, to help to help these young you know to help these young defensive ends and help these players can continue to meet the standards of, mm-hmm. of the Chiefs and I think Joe Collins done a fantastic job as well absolutely and this learning curve like this is this is a process right I, I don't think this is going to be the last time we see Felix and Edike Uzama get these kind of reps mm-hmm. in the game like I, I if if you told me he ends with over a hundred snaps in the preseason wouldn't be entirely surprised because like I think these are crucial moments for him you talk about youth and like obviously all these guys are young you know yeah i mean they're all younger than tucker for crying out like that's really hard to do um but felix anidika uzama he he turned 21 just in january that is foul he is one of the youngest like he's just one of the youngest he's one of the youngest players (laughs) in this entire draft and so you know like all this all this opportunity I know we talk about George Karloftis in his role, and I think Felix will find a role and find a niche this season. I don't know if it'll be the same kind of no, but you know, snap count as George. Sure. But we gotta also remember like this is a this is a really great developmental opportunity for him because he mm-hmm. is so young. And you know, if he had come back to college, you know, who knows what kind of what kind of opportunity like where he would have gone in the draft this next year. Um, yeah, Craig, any other defensive linemen that were interesting to you? Uh I mean rookies or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Danny Shelton still built like a house. Uh, good for him, you know. I, <laughs> double wide. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Keandre Coburn. Uh, I, I thought he looked pretty yeah. good once he got in, yeah, yeah. but it took him a long time to get in. I think all of us maybe expected him to see a little more time earlier on the field because you know they were down Chris Jones and Turk Wharton, two guys that were going to start there. So we didn't get to see some of that. I did kind of like. Uh, a little bit what I saw early on from Daniel Wise and Charles Aminahue. You know, those aren't guys that I think that, it, well, Aminahue, they're certainly expecting something from, but not in the first six games while he's suspended. Daniel Wise, I think, was always kind of an afterthought. I thought that he held his own fairly well. Now, mm-hmm. nobody on that first team defense played particularly well, but he was one of the few guys that I thought flashed at moments and had some moments. So a couple of guys there, BJ Thompson got valuable reps. Truman Jones got valuable reps. It was good to see those guys out there, but by and large, it was the FAU show today. And you also brought up a good point, the fact that pretty much got out clean of this game, not too many injuries. Tucker now is going to join us with another injury report. Yep. Um, there was a couple of injuries. You mentioned the Nick Jones. This is from mm-hmm. Harold Koontz. Cornerback uh, Nick Jones fractured mm. a couple of fingers uh, oh. per Andy Reid, and I believe that uh, Anthony Witherstone also hurt his big toe. That's uh, uh, Andy Reid also said that in his press conference Mm -hmm. as well. So a couple of injuries coming in that secondary uh, for the Chiefs. Nick Jones is a guy that 
had been getting some run with the with the ones at times here. Yeah. So that's kind of a tough one. He's he's shown some promise. The other thing, special teams. Nick Jones was slated to be a special teamer after this team lost Nazi Johnson. Now potentially losing Nick Jones for you know for a little bit of a time, depending on how long it takes for those yeah. those fingers to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that special teams core is getting a little getting a little tight there, Craig. I will say that he was uh, he was in with the vices with the ones he was on the same side as uh, Justin Watson and DiCaprio Boodle and Mike Edwards are on the other side. That's who the starting vices were. Mm -hmm. But the starting gunners were Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. So Nick Jones was a guy that's been rotating in with some of that. He's been playing a lot of slot from this team. Uh, He got in with the third team defense as the slot corner behind Trent McDuffie as the starter shamari connor as the uh second teamer and nick jones is the third teamer there so you know the the numbers didn't really kind of seem as prevalent from a special teams thing but it was early it was preseason week one who knows what dave tobe was going to try and do in week two and three sounds like they might if they can tape it up and he can go i'm sure i'm certain that he will but they may have lost another guy that uh was slated to play some good special teams you I love the fact that Craig knows that. <laughs> well, these were these were some of his notes. The, the man is a note taker. And Haley, just so you know, whenever he, uh, whenever the regular season will hit, Craig charts the entire defense. I mean, it's just insane what he just brought up. He built an like, app. He yeah, built an stop. app too. We don't. To help we don't need to do defense. this every single year, Kent. <laughs> well, like you guys were calling me Hollywood earlier. This is the Renaissance man, is what we call him. <laughs> He's just a man of a a many man of talents, people. exquisite taste. <laughs> I mean, and he's he's blushing right Back now. To look the at Chiefs. Him. Yeah, look how look at his all head right, just getting right. you know. There we go. Craig, we appreciate you. Let's bring back in Tucker. We got another snap count for the DBs. I gotta give a snap count update. I've been I've been I've been hounded. I've been hounded for these snap counts. Uh these are from Adam Teicher. Uh for DBs, uh Jamari Connor, 31 snaps. Mm. Um how do you say his name? Khalif Halisi? Yeah, yeah. He Khaleesi. had 31 Khaleesi snaps. The thief. Are who I like it. There it is. Ooh. Echo Boydo, 31 snaps as well. Mike Edwards with 30. Bush with 27. A Cook with 21. Mm. Boodle with 18. Watson with 16. Reed with 16. McDuffie with 16. Brian Cook with 16. Jackson, 15. Norman, 14. Jones, 12. Williams, 10. Taylor, 10. Witherspoon, 9. Craig, I know you had a lot of takes on those young cornerbacks and those I young did. defensive backs. There's a lot of young players in there. And some of them were making some big-time plays. Again, like I say, the Chiefs might have the best, the best, you know, uh, practice squad in the nfl if some of these guys keep doing what they're doing i mean we look at this defensive back room as we talked about like we we have a lot of hope for them uh they're very uh, they have a lot of depth and we were trying to figure out ways to keep chamari connor nick jones on the roster making the special teams with the guys that were already there now we definitely had slots for them but if you've got guys like Echo and Khalif playing the way that they did. They were feisty today. Those dudes were out there. They were hitting. They were really doing a great job kind of sealing off the edge there. Khalif made a terrific interception. What a catch to get his, basically his knee down and, you know, come up with a pick there. Those are guys that I think we've just kind of heard their names all through practice. And we've been like, okay, this feels like a Herb Miller again. This feels like, you know, a guy where you're like, Herbivores hey, unite, baby. Yeah, Herbivores. Let's go. You know, but a guy that kind of kind of spikes real quick there and then maybe kind of drops back down the depth chart. They do this all the time, you know, just creating competition at, in the cornerback room. I don't know that that doesn't look like competition to me. Those guys yeah. looked really good. They mm-hmm. look like they belong on the field. 
with the twos from New Orleans. And that's what you want to see when you're out there trying to trot those guys out there. Jamari Connor looked great blitzing there. He missed a couple of opportunities. That's game speed. That's figuring out, you know, physicality, things like that. He's going to come around on some of those sorts of things. Seeing Echo go out there and make those hits, seeing Khalif go out there and make those hits, those are huge things for this mm-hmm. defense. Not any defense, but Steve Spagnuolo putting the pride that he does in corners that will come up and hit. Those guys were willing and able to do so and kind of help flip this game around. When they got in a 17-0 hole, those guys coming out there and making those plays, forcing these third and longs, that was the difference in the game, in my opinion. So, you know, hat tip to those two guys because they were terrific. Yeah, I think Craig brings up a lot of good points. Defense was able to help this team come back into the game. Now, it is preseason. Again, remind yourself, a 26-24 loss for the Chiefs. We're going to go to the other side of the ball when we return. We're going to take a break here for just a little bit and talk a little more about who was shining on the offensive side. We'll see you after the break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, well, welcome back in. Like we said, we're going to talk about the other side of the ball, the offensive flash, the side that we usually love to talk about Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, but he was there for four minutes and now he's gone. <laughs> so we're going to talk about everyone else. We're going to talk about the Mizzou maid. We're going to talk about Shane Bouchelle. We're going to talk about, who was the other guy? <laughs> Chris Olatakun. I just totally blanked. <laughs> It's like, who's that last one? Hey, I feel, dude, Chris Olatokun <laughs> was putting his name on the map until that late, yeah, that late that turnover, too. That was so, right, so frustrating. He was, I just got hot. Can I have some more? Go, that, go by all means. Yeah. Go, <laughs> throw, pour, pour yourself some more Ben Craig, I wish we could pour you a shot, but let's talk about. Hey, he's already got it. Don't you, don't <laughs> you worry. Good. <laughs> <laughs> the wide receiver core has been a big point that everyone's mm. been talking about it's richie james it's justin ross it's rice like let's let's dive into that what was the best thing that you saw out of the wide receiver room i know you're a little biased uh i i loved what i saw to rashi rice oh, and justin God. ross those were the two guys that i was most excited about to see coming into this Nick like likes richie james we know what you know what richie james is we know what he is he, <laughs> good job against this. anyways uh, I, it was fun to see uh, Rasheed Rice make some test, mm-hmm. uh, some contested catches, some you know uh, difficult, not necessarily like strength at the catch point type catches, but trying to navigate some traffic. Sure. He did a really good job, you know, adjusting to a ball that Shane Bouchelle tried to fit in there. That you know, uh, <laughs> probably not the best decision. 
Um, but I thought we saw some good things out of Rishi Rice. And then same thing with Justin. Justin Ross on the flip side, you know, make throwing that little curl route, you know, making a really good break at the top of the route, right. making people miss, and then getting upfield to get more, uh, you know, to get more yards. That was really impressive. And then the little, you know, vertical wrap, you know, in the middle, in, in the red zone. Those were two big plays. Like, my antennas are very much up on J- Justin Ross and his viability moving forward. I think that was a great start that we really hadn't really seen yet, Craig. I love the fact that Justin Ross got to catch a touchdown in this. Like, welcome to the NFL. So I, I hope he keeps that ball. I hope that he gets to take that and, you know, basically take it home. He's earned this. Coming back from those injuries, coming back from everything. You know, he was a top 10 pick that mm-hmm. ended up as a UDFA it was really great to see him out there. Rasheed Rice looked good. We didn't get to see much from, you know, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, MVS, because most of what they were doing was, you know, little two, three-step drops and dunking it down to the running back, screen plays, featuring Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on outside zone a lot. And I know that people have a lot to say about that, but <laughs> we didn't get to see a ton of those starters. It's going to come. Like, that feels like an Andy Reid checklist thing there. I am going to talk about Richie James since Kent won't there. I thought he looked really good. I thought (laughs) he looked really good accelerating out of the breaks there. Yeah, I know he was running against twos there, but he was torching those guys. Like he was really giving them problems. Uh, I really liked uh, the play when he got vertical and Blaine Gabbert threw Mm. the ball down there. It was a little bit underthrown, but that's fine. Got separation. Blaine Gabbert puts it on him there. A hat tip to Daenerys Prince for the awesome blitz pickup there. But then to turn around in the red zone and torch a DB twice. And he gets missed the first time, comes back, makes a terrific catch there on a little bit of an overthrow, does a great job. I think he's going to contribute. I don't know how much Sky Moore seems to have that that kind of slot your mm-hmm. role locked up a little bit there. Richie James is going to see some time, but it was good to see that basically for wide receiver four or five-ish, he looks really good. That's a good place to be in. Let me ask the two of you this. Let's talk about the 33-year-old quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Gabbert. <laughs> we figured the age out. Yeah, we got it. We had it unlocked. We Googled. Uh, <laughs> let's, you know, the Mizzou guy that everyone was talking about when he got picked up. He's replacing Chad Henney, right, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, being that, you know, QB2 or what they're potentially using him as right now going with the twos. Did you see what you wanted to see out of him? I mean, there, there were a lot. You said overthrow, underthrow, a, a lot of different dicey situations. But, of course, he's just getting acquainted with this new team. Obviously, this is the first time in a long time that he's been in this situation. Mm-hmm. Were you pleased with what you saw? And then we'll go on to Bichelle and talk a little bit more about a guy that we've seen a lot more of. Yeah, I'll I'll start. I, I yeah, actually I came I came away feeling fine about what we saw to Blaine Gabbert. Like, I think when you look at even Chad Henney, Chad Henney's career completion percentage isn't particularly sterling either. There's a lot of boom or bust with a lot of these kind of guys. Did you say boomer? Boom or bust. Oh, Oh, but boomer (laughs) might have worked too, because like I mean that dude's almost as old as Um, but literally thirty. Craig's, you know, you know, we don't need to ask Craig how old he is. Love you, buddy. (laughs) Um, But I like I think there's always a little bit of a boom or bust. Love it. Emphasis to these kind of guys. It's but if you know the offense, if you're able to be a quality sounding board mm-hmm. to the starter, if you can come in and play capably, you know, for a stretch, and if there's enough that you're able to do, I actually think Blaine Gabbert can do more on a field than a Chad Henney can. And okay. it's just a matter of if he can protect the football. Okay. You know, and you know, 
not put himself too much at risk, not put the ball too much at risk. I think strengths to play with Blaine Gabbert, where if the Chiefs needed him for a stretch of a game or two, I actually feel pretty good about what Andy can dial up to play to Blaine Gabbert's strengths. And I think, you know, th- this offense, it wasn't take Taylor, you know, tailored to him necessarily. I, what I saw, I felt completely fine with what we got out of Blaine Gabbert in week one. Craig, you tell yeah. me, is this a guy who can anything is possible or is he going to be someone that we see end up, you know, passing after a year? I mean, with Andy Reid at the helm, yeah, absolutely, he okay. can. Uh, Andy will modify the game plan to make it work. Now, we may not have seen exactly that today. Again, they're not game planning for the New Orleans right. Saints in the preseason. They're not They're not sitting there and watching tape and say, oh, what are they going to bring? What is this going to happen? I think his true value comes in the film room, just like Chad Haney's did. I think that he's going to be kind of a rock for Patrick Mahomes to lean on, a sounding board. For, and so from that point, I think it's great. He looked pretty good. Like I, I don't think mm-hmm. he's ever going to blow the doors off of anything. I don't think we're going to see him step in and have you know a 350-yard, three-touchdown game or anything like that. He's going to do enough, and that's all they need him to do. That's oh, what yeah. he did today. He did enough, and, mm-hmm. and I think that that should give you enough hope that he can be yeah. QB2 because Andy Reid wants that guy around that can be the sounding board. That's what he is. I know we're not asking for a green flag. We're asking yeah. for a beige flag. Okay. And he gives that to us. So Tucker's got a few more updates for yes. us right now before we get in trouble. I know Matt Lane couldn't be with us and I know he's very sorry that he couldn't be here with us, but I had to include him in the post game show a little bit because uh, he put out some of his most impressive pl- players mm. from preseason Matty. week one. Uh, obviously you can see the Nico Romijio, Wanya Morris, Mike Caliendo, Felix, Danny Sheldon, Rasheed Rice, uh, guys that we've hit on a lot. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, even he's though you've told good, me. though. Khalif uh, the Thief. Khalif. Okay, so okay, so that's which I have to remember. Does it rhymes with thief? Khalif. Don't do it. That last name is a tough one. Hilasi. That's a that's a trap. Uh, Mike Edwards and Echo Boydo. Uh, I got that one right. Um, <laughs> Anytime Echo that's makes a, a play, I just want to say Echo Boydo. Uh, no. No. Hey. How, about, how about no? Uh, you guys are talking about wide receivers, um, or had been at least. I wanted to give you their snap counts because you know me. I'm all <laughs> over the snap counts. Tucker uh, D snap count shooting. is what we call them. <laughs> the D stands for snap counts. This is from Adam Teicher. Uh, <laughs> Rasheed Rice, 24 snaps. Ross, 22. Amir Smith-Marset, 19. Crawford, 16. Cornell Powell, 15. Nico Remigio, 15. Fry Vogel, 14. Ty Scott, 10. MVS, 7. And Richie James, 7. Wow. He, I, Kakoa Crawford and Richie James both made their snaps count. Matter, right? First beamers, <laughs> in my opinion. Such a hater. Uh, thank you, Tucker. I appreciate your statistical analysis that he brings to this that's, game. That's as that's as deep, that's that as, deep as the, the anal- yeah. That's as deep as the analytics get it. Casey Sports Network. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to. The other quarterback who I know of, Shane Bouchelle. And let's talk about the fact that he was able to connect with Crawford in the end zone, as well as being able to capitalize with Justin Ross off of that Khalif the Thief interception. (laughs) I'm going to say it for the rest of the season. I don't care. Uh, hopefully there's a rest of the season for him. You know, like hopefully (laughs) he might be a, I I just think, I think the bit is if like Khalif just makes the practice squad. You still have to get his name into the show somehow. Oh, every always. single time. Every single... Did you see him stand on the sideline? He looked great over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking great in those sweatpants today. Uh, you know, he was, he was looking great. Um, I back to Shane. Yeah, the what show. Is he sh- <laughs> I love, I, okay. This is going to sound Cause like, the Chiefs have intentionally held on to, to Shane Bouchelle the last two seasons. Like a long time. Despite not always showing a ton. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and early in the se- early in the game, it was real rough. I mean, his first two passes should have been intercepted. Yeah. One of them actually was. And then he proceeded to make just all kinds of plays on the field afterwards. Yeah. Like, I know, like, you can talk about competition level and all this stuff. But he was kind of showing you a little bit of the things that the Chiefs are attracted to. And I, he reminds me more and more. He's starting to remind me more and more of Case Keenum. Uh, I don't know if you got like from me. Yeah, I think he's still in the league. Actually, he's a Houston Texan. Uh-huh. Uh, similar offense coming out of college um, and, you know, similar body, you know, profile, physically, arm strength, all those kind of things. A little bit of just creativity, available ability to kind of use his legs to move around a little bit when he needs to can throw from a variety of arm angles. Look, I don't know. Like, like I, I still think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Don't get me wrong, but. At least I think you got to see a lot of the reasons why the Chiefs have been so attracted to him over the last few years to make sure that they're ensuring he's on the roster, keeping three quarterbacks last year. I know there's a lot like this is a tight roster crunch this Mm -hmm. season, but I think he showed you why they might want to try to keep three quarterbacks on the roster again. And also just for like when they're game planning, when they're Mm -hmm. actually game planning, Mm -hmm. it's another good quarterback to have who can present certain types of quarterbacks that they actually will face in the AFC. He can emulate all their, you know, practicing, getting ready for that game. Yep. Anything else, Craig or Kent, that you think we need to add to preseason one besides it was nice, <laughs> it didn't end nice, but it was okay, and it's going to get better? Um, I'll go. Uh, Wanya Morris. Uh, real Iron Man there was, was tired by the end of the game. This was a lot of reps. Basically, once the starters came out, He played almost every single snap after that, whether it be at right tackle with Prince Tiguanogo at left tackle, moved over to the left side when they brought Lucas Niang in. There was about half a drive where it was Prince Tiga and Lucas Niang. And then after that, you had Wanye Morris in at right tackle or left tackle. They were working in both sides when Chu Godrick came in. They went, okay, now you're just going to be left tackle full time for the rest of the game here. It was a really good game up until right there at the very end playing left tackle where he kind of had his feet anchored to the ground a little bit when he was striking. It's stuff that he's working on, but this was an incredibly positive experience for Wanya Morris. Lots of snaps looked really good throughout most of the game. Like I I'm looking at that guy and I'm saying that's your swing mm-hmm. tackle. Like uh, that, that is your swing tackle. And I said before the game that if he comes out and he plays well in both spots, it might make some of the roster crunches that they have at offensive line a little bit easier because maybe they don't add Prince Tiga and Lucas Niang to this roster. Maybe they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with just Wanye Morris out there. We'll see, but a good start for him. I can definitely see that happening. Kent, final thoughts from you wrapping up preseason game one. I I just was so excited to see some of these young guys play, you know, and (laughs) I haven't got it. I haven't got out to see training camp yet this year. It's just been kind of crazy for me to get out there. And so this was my first exposure to a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be fun to go back and rewatch. Yes. Rewatch a preseason game several times just to kind of see how some of these young guys perform. You saw Maddie's list off the cuff. I think, you know, there's going to be, I echo a lot of the sentiments of those, including echo Boyedo. See what I did there? Um, but I think there's plenty of other guys to be excited about as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward to just, you know, getting more eyes on this young group because this is how the Chiefs continue to mm-hmm. build around their stup- superstar quarterback. They can continue to hit in the drafts and have good process in their undrafted free agency and find guys that can contribute. That's going to be a big problem for the rest of uh, rest of the NFL. And I'm just really glad everyone had fun, <laughs> you know? Everyone had fun. It's about the journey. We had a good time. (laughs) Let's take a toast 
a final toast to the preseason game one. Also a big shout out to Tucker and Christian who helped us get through this entire show. We have a wonderful team here and a wonderful show we put together. I didn't even drink it. You got, well, yo, we'll, we'll get the, we're good. Okay. Enjoying that Ben holiday. There we go. A wonderful <laughs> preseason game one, guys. We'll be back with you next week. Preseason game two. We got Two more of those suckers to get through before we get to the regular season. Thursday night football opening up at Arrowhead Stadium with the Lions in town. We'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.